you, worship team. Incredible, incredible, incredible. Thanks for coming out on First Wednesday. You saved if you come First Wednesday. This story in the Bible found in Mark chapter 3 is unique. Jesus comes to church, and when he arrives, he sees some religious people. And when he arrives, there's also a man with a withered hand, and the man with a withered hand is, is standing there, and the, and the religious people wondered if he would actually heal this guy on the Sabbath. And what's interesting is that Jesus, the Bible says, becomes irritated with these men and, in fact, gets angry, Scripture says, and grieved in his heart. And the Bible lets us know that he looks at the man, says, step forward, and then the next thing he asked him was to stretch forth your hand. And the last verse I find interesting says that he stretched it out and his hand was restored as whole as the other. So the passage is letting us know right there that the man has only really one withered hand. Not both hands, but one hand. Imagine a life in primitive times with one good hand and one bad hand. Imagine going to work every day. Imagine the kind of work that he had to have with one good hand and one bad hand. Think about raising a family and children. Think about trying to take care of your kids and trying to get up in the morning and get them to school and make lunch and breakfast with the with one good hand and one, one bad hand. Think about day-to-day -day tasks, just trying to do things in normal day-to-day -day life and mow the yard and take out trash, clean the house, go to the bank, answer phones. <laughs> With one good hand, and one, one bad hand. It's almost like a correlation that I think many of us can relate to that on one hand, you can have a healthy, functioning hand, but on the other hand, a withered, deformed situation. On one hand, you can have good days, and on the other hand, you can have on one hand, you can have a great job with great benefits, but on the other hand, you can have a family that is struggling. On one hand, you can love God and his word and his church, but on the other hand, you're struggling to keep your head in the right place, a, a, a struggle to keep your faith in a good, strong position. Am I talking to anybody? On one hand, you can love Jesus, but on the other hand, you can struggle with some issues that not a lot of people know about. On one hand, you know the right thing to do. You know the reality of, of what things you should decide to do or decide on doing, truth and integrity. But on the other hand, you struggle. On one hand, you know you're called by God. But on the other hand, you doubt yourself. On one hand, you know you have a great future, but on the other hand, you know you have a bad past. Have you ever lived between 
between two hands. And sometimes, if we were to think for a moment, it's not always that it's up or down. Sometimes you feel like you're up and down. That we oftentimes think that if I'm up, I'm never down, or if I'm down, I'm never up. I submit to you tonight that you can be up and down on the same day. Some days you're loving it, things are good, <laughs> and then other days you're losing it and things are bad. It's like on one hand you're winning and on the other hand you're losing. It's like Charles Dickens said that it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. Two hands. You have a good hand and a a bad hand. It reminds, me of, it reminds me of Paul, who was a significant man of God. Used significantly throughout Scripture. Wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. A really profound individual. Used greatly for great revelation that God gave to him and that he shared through writings that we have today. It's a profound man used by God. But he said words like, when I go to do good... Evil is present with me. He says things like this, that I am crucified with Christ. And he says big statements like, I know in whom I have believed. And you can see the power and the passion of this great anointed man. But you also see him say, I got a thorn in my flesh. So which is it, Paul? Are you this powerful, proficient Orator, orator, whatever. <laughs> Are you this profound thinker, speaker, writer, have such revelation, or are you a struggling individual who you yourself call the least of the apostles, or he even says, I'm the chief of sinners. So who are you, Paul? I submit to you today, it's both. You can see his confidence in one verse, and his Confliction in another. Have you ever been conflicted? Have you ever struggled with a good hand and a bad hand? Have you ever lived with what you couldn't live down? Have you ever had to just struggle with that I'm called and I'm anointed, but I also got some struggles in my life that, do not, that don't seem to compute with the purpose? Isn't it weird to have a lot of greatness and a lot of weakness at the same time? Is there anybody in this room with me tonight? The Bible lets us know that Elijah, the great prophet who called fire down from heaven, killed false prophets with his bare hands. Imagine trying to pull that off in any city in America. Like every competing pastor is murdered by your pastor. He, he, he murders every false prophet of Baal, calls down fire from heaven, prophesies that it ain't going to rain. He's a powerful man. But then the Bible says he's hiding, scared, wanting his life to end, depressed, broken, scared of Jezebel. How, how do you have both? How do you have a good hand so, so powerful, but yet on the other hand be so, so weak? What is this? Elijah? Moses, 
We look in scripture, go all the way back to the Old Testament, you find a man named Moses who pastored the first large church. I, I, would, I would venture to say probably one of the largest churches we've ever known in history. Millions of people attended his church. When he took people out of Egypt into the promised land, he pastored millions of people. But with Moses, you also see he had a little bit of a short fuse, a little bit impatient with his church folk. How can, you be so, how can you hold the staff up and part the waters, but yet then strike the rock when God told you not to? It's like two hands. It's conflicting when you see it. Think of people like Peter, who Jesus said on this rock, I'll build the church. But Peter had a track record, if you read in your Bible, of putting his foot in his mouth over and over, how many of you can have that gift in your life? You're like, I, I have the spiritual gift of putting my foot in my mouth. I do, I know that. You look in Peter's story. At one time, Jesus tells Peter to get behind me, Satan. <laughs> but he also told him, you're gonna build the church, Peter. You just got a little devil in you. Like, which one is it? Because we like one or the other. But what we're finding in the word of God tonight is that somehow through God's sovereignty and grace, it's both. That, that God loves us not because of our good hand, but despite our bad hand. Have you ever lived between, between two hands? I've heard this story many times. I've heard a lot of people preach Mark chapter three. Um, but in studying my pastor, I heard him tell this, that, the, that history believes that that man was a bricklayer and that over time, his hand became withered from the work that he did that he, they don't believe that he was born with the withered hand, but that he had acquired the withered hand through years of work. So here's a thought for you tonight, that sometimes life can wither you. It didn't start, you weren't, history doesn't say, or tradition doesn't reveal that he was born like this. But it was something that he acquired through time. And I think a lot of people can get married, starts good, but over time can become withered. I think a lot of people who get married can start on a great, like, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, girl, you don't go great. No, you hang up, baby. <laughs> I call my wife now. She's like, is that Ethan? No, let it go to voicemail. That's all right. But over time, am I talking to anybody in the room tonight, that over time it just kinda, it could just change. And I think that our dreaming, we could have dreams of doing great things in the kingdom, dreams of starting a business, dreams of raising a family, dreams of doing great things for the kingdom of God, but over time, you experience some setbacks and some heartaches and you go through a bankruptcy or you lose a child or you experience some hard situations and then the dreaming begins to wane and you look back and you say, I'm not like I used to be in my 20s or my 30s because over time my dreaming has 
has withered. I've seen it in church. I've seen it in church where people, when they first come to Jesus, come on, you guys know where I'm going? They'll sit two or three rows. They can't get enough of God. They love, they're going, every time first Wednesday, they're coming to first Wednesday, going to get on the front row. They come early, so they're on serve teams, and that song starts, both hands are in the air, they're exuberant, but, but, but over time, they just begin to slip further back, miss a service here and there, and worship, not like they used to, and it just becomes, becomes withered. Families can become withered. Our faith can become withered. Have you ever prayed for God to do something and you believe God, you quoted all the right verses, you knew all the right people, you had all the people that you believed had like special connection to God and you prayed and you fasted and God didn't do it. Or God didn't do it the way you think he should have done it. And now you're living with withered faith because you thought if God was going to heal anybody, he was going to heal that person with all the faith and prayers and everybody. But now it's just, we're just, and it's hard to have faith the next time when what happened last time. People experience such heartaches and pain and life just seems to, Wither their hope, wither their, their expectations. Disfiguring our faith and hurting our dreams. And you know what's crazy? I've met, I've met withered poor people and I've met withered millionaires. I feel like I've met people that have a lot of resources and people that don't have a lot of resources. I, I feel like I've met withered white people, withered black people. I think I've met withered safe people, withered lost people. Living between two hands. We're limited, we're embarrassed, we're frustrated, where things are complicated. And, and when you really think about it, this, this is where we all, I think, come into play right here, is, is we like to show our good hand. You know, nobody posts on social media their anger problems. Nobody posts on social media their insecurities. Nobody posts on social media or shows off the areas they're broken over. But you better believe if we're looking pretty fine, we're going to post that baby right there. Because we like to post our good hand. We can be broken in our mind, but if we got a good face, half the people won't even ask about it. I don't got a good face, so. <laughs> people was like, yeah, he's messed up in his mind. We like to brag about where things are good, and we like to get the affirmation. This is I'm like, you know, I'm a great worship person, or I love church, or I love, I love coming to small group. I, everybody see my good hand, but what they don't see, what's hidden, is the abuses at home, the brokenness, the shame, the hurt, the pain. But everybody sees this. Everybody sees the church attendance. Everybody sees the small group. Everybody sees the prayer. Everybody sees you coming in or working on a prayer line or serving on the worship team or people see you dropping your kids off at school and they assume everything's good because you got a nice car. 
and the car's washed. I'm just telling you, people can just assume by superficial things that you're okay. That just because you have a good job doesn't mean you're okay. And just because you have one good hand doesn't mean you don't have one bad hand. I'm trying to help you tonight. I, I'm gonna get you there. In church, we become spiritual and pretenders. We, we look church, we can act church, we can talk church, but if people really knew the struggles we had in our hearts and our lives and our minds, we're living between, between two hands. And the Bible lets us know that the scripture says that Jesus walks in to the synagogue and the man was there with a withered hand. Let me just say this, I'm so glad withered people are welcome to church. Tradition teaches that he could not attend services in the temple because of his deformity. He would have the right as a Jew to sit in the synagogue, but he was not allowed to participate in certain practices. So let me commend the people that maybe you've talked yourself out of coming to church over and over, but you came tonight and you know you're withered and you know you're screwed up and you know God's working on you and the devil gets in your head and tries to discount you because of what's wrong with you. Can I commend you? I'm glad you came to church tonight. I'm glad you're watching online tonight because withered people are welcome in the house of God. The church is the perfect place for imperfect, withered people. Religious crowds can be known for making sure that only healthy hands can come to church, that only really spiritually sound, perfect, well-dressed, well-occupied, good jobs, good citizens of society, people that smell good and look nice can come to church. But I'm glad that at Vibrant, we all smell good and look nice, but I'm really glad that we have a church full of people who are welcome here despite where they come from, despite their background, despite where they may come up short. Withered people are welcome too. We are not called to protect the church from imperfection. We are called to get as many imperfect people in the church and in the family of God. And Jesus sees this guy and, and sees him in church and says, to stretch out your hand. Why not, Jesus, you stretch out your hand? After all, you're God. After all, you've done it with the leper when he came to you, and you weren't supposed to touch lepers, but Jesus, who never really applies to the rules of any religious sect, but Jesus touched a leper when you weren't supposed to touch a leper. So why don't you do to him, or do to me what you have done for him, you touched him, now just touch me. Jesus said, no, this isn't how Mark chapter three miracle is gonna be recorded. Instead of me touching you, why don't you stretch out your hand toward me? Could it be that God will not heal things that we insist on hiding? Can you imagine the discomfort 
the embarrassment of years of withered hand, couldn't come to church, was criticized by onlookers, hiding that hand, living with two hands. But here's my good hand. Like, can I stretch out this one? This one's better. This one gets like, this is okay, right? No, no, no. Stretch out the hand that you're embarrassed of. Stretch out the hand that's difficult to live with. Stretch out the hand that's hard for you to imagine living without. You've lived with for so long this depression. Stretch out that hand. I don't know how to live without feeling certain ways about my past and what I've been through, but Jesus says to you tonight, stretch forth that hand. I can't heal the good hand. I didn't come for good people, Jesus said. I came for sick people. Stretch forth your hand. And the thing is, he doesn't grab his hand Jesus never reached under a crystal and be like, let's do this. Let me help you. I will stretch it out for you. The Bible says that it's his responsibility. Jesus commands him to stretch it out. And now it's his responsibility to follow the commands of Jesus. In order to receive a miracle, he has to get out of his comfort zone and do something that Jesus asked him to do God cannot restore what we will not repent of. God cannot fix what we continue to fake. God cannot correct what we will not confront. God cannot change what we do not confess. Either we acknowledge that we need him or pretend that we don't. Between two hands. I feel like I'm talking to a room of people that are living between two hands. This complication in our spiritual lives, this greatness versus weakness, this purpose versus struggle, this I love God, but I'm weak in the flesh. I I don't know what to do. And many people will quit church over the bad hand. Many people will walk away from God over the bad hand. Many people will give up on their faith because of the bad hand. Many people will give up on marriages and family and worship on the bad hand, but Jesus doesn't ask him to leave church. Jesus said, stretch that hand out. I I need you to, to feel the vulnerability of this moment, of the man whom we don't know his name. All we know is his issue. And we now know Jesus' suggestion for a miracle is not to continue hiding what he struggles with, but in fact, expose it with everybody looking. And if you want it bad enough, you'll stretch that thing forth. Jesus, the night before his crucifixion, is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's hours away from being pulled in by the Roman guard. He's hours away from them pulling his beard and beating him, spitting on him, mocking him, whipping him, and ultimately crucifying him. We know that Jesus was not sent to earth to live, but sent to earth to die. He had come to earth to not have his blood spilled 
as in an accident, he came to shed his blood with purpose, to give his love, to give his life for the redemption of humanity. Jesus, the Bible says, is in the garden, and he begins to sweat great drops of blood. Some theologians teach that he begins to feel the wrath of God become, to become one with him, that all of our sins started in the garden, started to come upon him. He's feeling the weight, literally, of the world. And on one hand, Jesus can leave and walk away. And on that hand, the world is lost. On one hand, he can have thousands of angels come and save him, the scripture says. But on that hand, we wouldn't be saved. Jesus doesn't focus on that hand. He, the Bible says, not my will, but yours be done. And the Bible says, he in essence says, don't send the angels. I don't need to walk away. I don't need the legions to come and save me, to take me back to heaven because I have decided between two hands and I'm going to go through with it. Not my will, but yours be done. And the scripture lets us know that Jesus took a nail in both hands. Could it be to you tonight, I submit this idea that Jesus took a nail not just for good days, but also for bad days. Jesus went onto the cross for your broken side and your great side your weak side and your smart side, your good side, the bad side. Jesus died for every part of you and all of humanity was saved between two hands. We all struggle between two hands, but your Savior died between two hands. And the key to the healing for this man was being willing to not live hiding any longer. If he had to go to counseling, go to counseling. Stretch out your hand. In fact, I'll say this with respect. There are people who at times who feel like I, if they take medicine that they're not a true Christian. And I would submit to you tonight I don't look at that as a lack of faith to take medication. If you need to go get medicinal help, stretch forth your hand. If, if whatever the situation of anxiety and worry, and the Bible says to confess our faults one to another, I'm just trying to encourage a generation to stop trying to impress everybody with the good part and try to impress everybody with the great part and try to impress everybody with the, the superficial part of us because God is not impressed with our superficial presentation. What if tonight, in the presence of God, you stretched forth your hand and said, listen, I know I need help. I know I need his forgiveness. I know, I know I love him. I know I care about him, but I can do nothing any I cannot live any longer like this, coming to the synagogue day after day, feeling the limitation, coming in and out, can't serve, can't do this. But I've come to tell you tonight, what if on a Wednesday night you stretched your hand forth and God did something supernatural 
that could change your life forever. Do you believe that tonight? I wanna pray with you. On the other hand, pastor, you don't understand. I, I, would, I, I would come to church, but on the other hand. I would give, but on the other hand. I, I don't feel like I have victory, but can I tell you tonight, stretch forth your hand. Can you imagine, the Bible says when he stretched forth his hand, that a miracle took place, and it was just like the other hand. The supernatural had so transpired that both hands were functioning. Can you imagine what he felt like? Years and years of living with withered hand and complication and frustration and embarrassment. And in one moment, begins this new season, new chapter, that everything can change when we stretch out our hand. Eyes closed all over the room. I just want you to do me a favor. No one's looking around. I've never done this, but I want to do it now. To be to be human is to have just contradiction. I know people want to say, if I'm saved, I won't struggle. I hate to tell you, that's kind of just not how it works. You're always fighting your flesh and struggling with your mind and renewing yourself and the word of God. But sometimes that struggle gets so overwhelming that it's like, God, I just need your help. I just need help. I, I need a miracle. I cannot live any longer in contradiction of what this, this wrestling match between this thorn in my flesh is. God, will you just help me? Help me with my mind. Help me with my marriage. Help me with my kids. Help me with my secret addiction. Help me with my thought life. Help me, help me, help me. And right there in your seat, want you to do what the man in Mark chapter 3 did. I want you, if you say, Holy Spirit, help me, I just want you to stretch forth your hand. Raise it high to heaven. Just leave it up. Let heaven know, help me. I'm, my hand's up tonight. Help me. Help me. Help me. Encourage me. Strengthen me. Father, you see every withered hand in this room. You see every struggle. You see every heartache. You see every pain. You see every question mark. You see everything going on. Father, I pray you begin to do a healing, a process, do a miracle. Let them sense a newness of your spirit all around this situation. Give them strength again and peace again and hope again and faith again. Not to give up. Bring back the sincerity again. 
you stand with us all over the room? If you're in the room tonight and you say, hey, listen, I, I want this miracle. I, I need God's help. All right now the altar's open. Pastor Tyson and the team's gonna sing. Will we just, in this moment, let's just close our eyes. Let's just raise our hands. Yeah, that's it. said to the man with the withered hand, step forward, step forward. Before he stretched, he stepped. Before he stretched, he stepped. And I know I had you stretch your hands forth in your seats, but there may be some of you that your faith is stirred to come to the front and make a step forward. Leave that chair as a sign of leaving your past. Step out of that row as a signal to yourself, to heaven and to hell, saying, you know what? Tonight, I'm leaving the past behind. I'm stretching forth to those things which are before. I don't leave this seat any way but in faith that when I get to the front, things are going to begin to happen in my life. And I'm stepping forward and I'm stretching out. Come on, church. Let's worship the King.
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not hiding anything. No more secret compartments. I open every door. I open every valve of my heart, every chamber of my heart, every doubt, every confusion, every fear. I just surrender it to you. I let you see it for what I let you see me for who I am. I just need you to help me. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, heal withered hands. Bring faith to a new place. Bring joy to a new place. I pray that marriages that are withered will become healed tonight. I pray that homes that are crippled and incapacitated, living in a place of frustration, we speak life and we speak miracles in the name of Jesus. We speak over a withered generation with crippling misinformation that they've been receiving, whether it's through education or academics or social media. We speak the truth will set them free. Father, we pray against the spirit of addiction that has some people wrapped up and tied up. You want to be free, but you can't get out of it. You've been trying, but you cycle back to it. You've been trying to get out of this thing, but every three weeks you go right back to it. We pray in the name of Jesus that spirit be broken tonight. We pray healing tonight that withered hand is going to be restored as the other in the name of Jesus. Come on, all over the room, let's worship the King. Let's worship the King. Let's worship the 